On today's episode, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, Season 1, Episode 3, Adar. We didn't do the first episode. We didn't do the second episode. Here we are doing the third episode. We will refer to the first two, I think. Do you know where The Lord of the Rings films land in the IMDb Top 250 for movies? Uh, I think they're early. I, I think can give you a hint. Yeah, they're they're all within the first 15. I was going to say the first 50, so that that's really early. So I'd say like 5, 7, 9. In, in uh, chronological order? Uh, I don't know. I... Ah, uh, whatever. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. So the two towers lands at number fourteen. Yeah. Fellowship of the Rings lands at number nine, mm-hmm. and Return of the King lands at number seven. So I mean, you got two right. Yeah. Uh, probably not the same films though. Yeah. Uh, but needless to say, this also this show. Lord I of just Rings, remember the Academy Awards when those things came out. Yeah. Like they just like took over. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and do you know where the Lord of the Rings show lands on the IMDb top two hundred and fifty TV shows? It's not on there yet. <laughs> yeah. It? yeah. It would. It's it not even be. close. But it did get twenty. 25 million views, which is the first time that Amazon Prime has ever, um, I like, kind of let out their numbers, and it's the highest Amazon uh, Prime viewed show ever. Like, yeah, it's existence. really interesting that it's coming out right as the HBO series is coming out mm-hmm. as well for the prequel of Game of Thrones. And now they're both now at their third episode. It seems like that was almost deliberate. Well, if you remember when we did House of the Dragon, yeah. I mentioned Lord of the Rings, and I said that like this that Lord of the Rings actually outfunded in terms of budget for the show, uh, House of the Dragon. But by, even like, then, the rumors were out. Out there that were just like going after the trailer to Lord yeah. of the Rings, so people were already projecting that it was going to be terrible. Eight and, and a half percent like bar on YouTube for the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, if you had to grade your knowledge on Lord of the Rings from one to ten, where would you put yourself? Ten, one hundred percent. I know everything. No, <laughs> I'm probably more like a two. Two. Like I could probably name some of the main characters from the movies, and I never saw the Hobbit series. But at you all. read the books. I did listen to the books when I was a child. When I was a young child and I've gone back every like like 10 years ago or something and read like one chapter mm-hmm. to see if I remember that much. And I didn't. <laughs> if you're going to put yourself at a two, I was going to put myself at like a five. But I guess I can really only put myself at a three because I did see all the Hobbit films in theaters. Sure. I have seen Lord of the Rings ever since then. And I read the I books I was such once. a novice that I was like under the assumption that those Harfoots were either that Hobbits, but they yeah. just weren't called Hobbits yet. Yeah. And so they were called Halffoots. And then it took me actually like moving the mouse to realize that their name is Harfoot. Yeah. But the things that I did find interesting was that, remember George R. R. Martin talked about before the prequel series that there was another series, another prequel series yes. that was in development yes. that got scrapped because it took place way too early in the uh, series, like where there was no source material to take from. Right. So like all of the primitiveness of like Game of Thrones before Dragons would have existed and they just couldn't make a show of it. There was no way, yeah. But they kind of are doing that with this. This takes place 3,000 years or at least 3,000 years before Frodo and Bilbo and all those, like, and even before that was the Margoth Wars. So, like, it's it's taking place at a time period where I'm not even sure how much they have to pull from. There's Are they a, making it up as they go? There's there's some of that. There's also some stuff going around saying that this show actually didn't get all of the rights to Lord of the Rings. Um, I think that there was a book called out, I think it was somewhere across the name of, like, The Simillion or something like that. And yeah. that's, like, 80% of what Lord of the Rings is. And that's yeah. where a lot of the complaints come in where they're like, if you can't get 80% of the source material from the thing, why are you making this at all? That's, 
Yeah. Well, I think that we may get one figure or maybe two figures from the original series, but there is such a time difference that they don't necessarily have to. But what if Gandalf is Meteor Man? That's what a lot of people have been speculating. That's yeah. what I just thought from the beginning. But then I was like, well, this is 3,000 years, guys. I know that elves can live a really long time, but can this wizard really live that long? And plus, we still don't even get to see him when he's young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, this series is followed up by an actual teenage Gandalf <laughs> like where is he from anyways so you actually think that's true yeah yeah I think that's what a lot of speculation I've been saying and it's like it makes sense I mean like huh yeah like we need to see Gandalf in Lord of the Rings I feel like even if it's a TV show and they didn't get so all the rights Frodo was not his first ha- or Bilbo wasn't his first hobbit friend I, I or Harfoot so. friend or like half man friend <laughs> you know <laughs> oh, yeah. the other things that I found were interesting was are orcs really that literate I don't remember orcs ever being that literate in the movies I, I just actually, remember them screaming and yelling and trying to kill people yeah that's why I actually remember as well until you said that point I actually didn't think about that and much then but yeah the elves i thought were better fighters in the movies like legolas he that long running joke about him killing 20 i know he was supposed to be a great fighter but like these elves seem like they're kind of matched pretty poorly with the orcs like mm-hmm. they are not able to beat them up that much yeah and then this episode didn't have any Bron- bronwyn it didn't have uh, the evil sword and it didn't have any dwarves in it and i think the dwarves were probably the best part of the second episode i am really into nori storyline i also like galadriel storyline so, so you were happy with this episode because those were the two that it really focused on yeah I really like Galadriel's scene when she's in the or yeah in the third episode but also in the second episode when they're fighting the worm and you get that cool scene where like it shows you like underwater and it was kind of like a one shot take type video yeah where it was like the Adele song where like she's reaching into the water and picking up James Bond there's also like a mirror between Nori and uh, Galadriel I think like them as kids were very similar they were very curious they didn't like to put up with a lot of people BSing them like they're just uh, yeah but Nori is probably my favorite character one of them I also like the ship captain guy from this episode. But, uh, yeah, you know, he, just... he reminded me of Beto from the Water Tribe of The Last Airbender. Oh, I don't remember those characters <laughs> by name. <laughs> but, like, you know how the ship captain had that son and, like, how oh, they were okay. doing the race type of thing? I think that happens in the 15th episode or something like in Avatar I, I, Last Airbender. The race reminded me of a Pirates of the Caribbean scene. Like, I didn't, yeah, that's yeah, I'm true. not used to seeing ships as much in the, um, not Game of Thrones, in the uh, Lord of the Rings universe. Yeah. All right. But do you want to just jump into the episode? I just wanted to jump into a recap of the first two episodes real quick because we're not going to concentrate too much on those but right. we did watch them episode one a shadow of the past we get a reintroduction to the world middle earth to valinor and we meet some of the elves finrod elrond the main characters Deer, galadriel we learn about the harfoot specifically nori brandyfoot and a human southlander bronwyn and then we get this meteor man who crashes to earth yes and yeah. then nori meets him episode two is called the drift galadriel is stranded at sea and then there's this guy named hallbrand uh, he's just some dude then nori makes friends with meteor man and bronwyn and Aron deer discover a village that's been destroyed by orcs elrond travels to the dwarves and asks his friend durin for help and a deer gets captured by said orcs and then in episode three that's where we're kicking off here we get three different storylines galadriel enters this impressive kingdom named numenar she knows all about it already however the elves haven't been friends there for i guess a hundred years or so um and and uh they those people are rich because they had fought with the elves unlike the middle earth folk the southlanders who had fought with morgoth the bad guy yeah. right and uh anyways uh Arondir is now living life as a prisoner he's forced to dig with these other captured elves basically his old company because mm-hmm. we see his friend there who then dies because the orcs are mean <laughs> you know the orcs also kind of have helmets that remind me a lot of moon knight 
you remember the the big like creature in Moon Knight that always spoke to Oscar Isaac's character? The Egyptian like yeah. god. His head is a lot like the yeah, they uh, use helmets. Yeah, ske- skulls. Yeah, it's a lot like the skulls. helmets that they use, that the orcs use in this show. Just things that they've killed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then Nori and her family are prepping for this great migration before uh, the meteor screaming guy makes himself. He outs himself, basically. And he's like, Nori? And everybody's like, get Nori and her family the out of here. The relationship between them reminded me so much of the BFG. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, don't I've you never see seen it? that movie. Well, no, not the movie, but like Roald Dahl's book. Just like, I mean, the fact that you have this huge giant and then this kid that's like trying to communicate yeah. with them. Yeah, I'll, I'll mention that in my pros and cons, I, I think. And then, uh, but then they don't get kicked out of the colony. The Harfoots are understanding enough where they just let them trail in the back and then uh, the big guy helps them out. Yeah. Um, and then, we get the giant dog werewolf thingy that comes out and attacks the elves and that's where um a lot of the company of uh alondir dies and mm-hmm. so then he is brought in front of the name of the episode adar this who could be Saren, yeah. right they showed him at the very end just walking and it's weird it's gutsy it's it's also kind of curious why they would name this episode adar and hardly ever talk to him like galadriel yeah. goes to a library when she escapes the castle uh with her um handler i guess and she uh finds out that symbol that she is looking for which was on her brother was actually a map for the uh for where these evil orcs are going but besides that like oh and then she also finds out that her other friend hallbrand is this king yeah that was just kind of thrown in there she shows up back at the castle right where Mm -hmm. he's been arrested because he got in that bar fight sort of and then she just gauges out that he is actually like one of the most important people (laughs) of middle earth just hanging out with her the curious thing, which we, we never really get an answer as to what that worm uh, monster was yeah. in the sea, yeah. but we also don't understand why she dismissed it as fate, because that seems like exactly what it was. When she said, this isn't fate, I was like, what else would you call it? Mm-hmm. Like, you two are, are just happenstance to be together, and she's like, it's this other powerful energy, and I'm like... That is literally <laughs> what the word fate means. And I want to harken back to a Arondir storyline really fast because what they do at the very beginning of the episodes, the first thing we see is we see that Arondir is going to be approached by Adar uh, any second. And I felt it... I don't remember this. It was a little episode, strange. Yeah. yeah, it was a little it was a strange. Because what they did is that that was the first thing we see and then by the very end of the episode, they like kind of flash forward and we see that Adar is about to walk forward toward Arondir before they're about to have their exchange. Yeah. But I felt like Arondir's storyline this episode was a little bit unneeded because at the it was end like of the, the se- great escape well at the end of the second episode we see that iron deer he gets captured in the tunnel by orcs and i feel like if they had just made it where iron deer then suddenly meets adar that yeah. would be totally 100 fine but instead we got the weird storyline where they decide to do like a quentin tarantino flashback to show you how he was about to meet adar and i was like you didn't really need it yeah, like that's one of my cons too yeah yeah i'll talk about that there <laughs> <laughs> it did feel like it was a lot of table setting in this episode mm-hmm. and then also you'd think that like there would have been one elf that could have escaped not there but like previously yeah we just see arondir thrown in with all his friends and stuff but like how did those orcs get the better of all those elves at one time it was strange it would be like they that all happened off screen and we just start to assume that they were taken like before anyone noticed but at the same time elves are supposed to be better fighters than that yeah let's just get to our pros and cons the first thing I have to point out is, of course, the high definition of this whole entire project. Like, I'm watching it on a computer, and I'm thinking this would be amazing on a big screen. <laughs> yeah. There are very few moments I look at the CGI, and I'm like, well, that looks like it belongs in She-Hulk. But also the powerful soundtrack they have has reminiscence to the uh, movies. You have the big undertaking of a huge cast, many storylines that they're trying to interweave, uh, these lofty expectations. That's why we didn't do the first 
episode because <laughs> had everybody's making a commentary about the same stuff there. And yep. so like those just go without saying those are the first pros. Then we get into this episode specifically. There were a lot of familiar faces to me, probably not to you because I watched Spartacus back in the day and that was also filmed in Auckland, New Zealand. Yeah. So a lot of the characters who uh, popped up in this episode, the queen, that was Crixus's wife in Spartacus. Oh, okay. Um, and then there was also the main elf who ends up dying. Ron Deere's like, person that he was going to escape with right yeah yes he was also from uh, spartacus and then we meet elendil he seems pretty cool that's another pro I for like this him. episode yeah. elrond showed up but he wasn't there in real life but he showed up in that painting and he had this like smirk in the painting and it was definitely him because it looked like orlando bloom slash uh, neil patrick harris which he always reminds me of when he's on screen <laughs> uh and then also i'm having a soft spot for the uh harfoots which I know really? you're supposed to have. Yeah. Um, they really make a point of trying to make them seem as innocent as possible. And that migration that they're doing to the grove, as they put it, reminds me too much of like March of the Penguins, the dinosaurs when they're doing their march, the Oregon Trail, not to make me root for them. And then uh, especially the leader who seems pretty nice. Yeah. And then also when they mentioned that someone had previously died to bees. Did you catch that? No, when I they didn't. were going through all the ways that they were remembering people, kind of like at the Oscar moment when they were fanning through all the previous, right, yeah. and we learned that Poppy's like entire family had died that way. But then they get to one guy who just died to bees. <laughs> they were like, that guy was an idiot, but we all loved him. And then there was the reenactment of the puppets and Numenor. Um, I thought that was kind of, as opposed to having real life people portray that, that would have been weird. Yeah, because you know that would have been that would have been Game of Thrones, basically. Game of Thrones or Avatar or uh, Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> like, there's always that weird depiction that they throw in there of a play in the middle of the story that you're supposed to be watching, which makes it very confusing. Yeah. That would be pretty gutsy to put in there in the third episode. And then, yeah, giving Poppy that backstory I mentioned. Those are all my pros. Let's hear yours. Yeah, so my pros are kind of similar to yours. One is that it has, like, sweeping music. There's even, like, a hint of kind of, like, Toy Story in there, Pixar, kind of like this, like, Wonderment type of thing. And also there's, I, like, I was mostly, there was, like, an operatic, like, crescendo that would yeah. happen where people were in the background. It reminded me of Star Wars almost right. sometimes for yeah. that. And then also along with the sweeping music comes the sweeping visuals as well. Like we were saying, number one, like, most expensive show on television and did they use the budget to their advantage i also thought things like the set design were really cool like all the huge statues that they were able to show all stuff that is true but all stuff you could have said about the pilot the second yeah. episode that's why i kind of got those out of the way first. yeah and, and along with that cinematography special effects uh, yeah i think my pros kind of cover the first three episodes more than really this specific episode uh-huh. um but also just things that reminds me of as well i really enjoyed uh kind of everything that's being brought back now such as like star wars spider-man no way home top gun maverick heart of the dragon jurassic park which is still successful perry mason star trek walker you can take your pick as basically any tv short movie that's been coming back you like that they're revisiting yes. all these different worlds yes especially lord of the rings because i mean it's such an expansive world that you have hmm. uh and then but I, it's also something that people are very close to so it yeah. feels like something that someone like if they take it and they do it in their own direction that yeah. someone could get pissed and off. and i have i have my, I have my thoughts quickly. about that but that's kind of going into my cons also the fact that the story is not that complex and that's actually a good thing because i feel like you can get very much like wrapped up in kind of too much exposition or not really sure like where the character's morals lies i think that like my favorite character for example is thondir uh from the first episode and, and some of the other episodes because it feels like his choices that he makes are always the right ones like he was one to tell galadriel like no galadriel man. galadriel yeah that like no we're not going to continue that was your favorite Sauron. character the yeah. guy who was questioning authority yeah the entire time? yeah i, I 
do, yeah, you go ahead and tell me your like pros of not only this episode, but also like all three. Well, as you mentioned, you said that you recognize people from the cast, and I actually didn't. And I like that they didn't like bring in a ton of high name actors. I for recognized it. Uh, Bron- Bronwyn from uh, Counterpart. Like, she's- yeah, but they have people that have been in other TV shows, but there's no like you know so many TV shows nowadays. Like for example, We Crashed, like Jared Leto and Hathaway, huge like A list named actors. And here it's like no, they decided not to do that. But I still felt that the acting was good, and it felt more realistic in that sense because it didn't feel like uh, uh, it took it didn't take me out of it because I realized who the actor was. If you like Thondir, did you like Hallbrand? Because they're kind of similar yeah. in that they question Galadriel a lot. <laughs> yeah. I did not like Hallbrand. That I, was part of my cons. I actually want to say that I did not like him in the first two episodes, but in the third episode, I thought that he they wasn't did. in the first episode. Oh, he was in the second episode. Yes, he though. starts in the he, second yeah, yeah. episode. I didn't, I didn't like his introduction, but I did like him in the third episode when you got to know kind of more of his personality when he was like uh, able to steal. When you found out he was a king? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I just felt it was clunky and that it felt a little cliche. I don't know, but we'll get into that once we get to cons. Anything else from your pros? That was actually, yeah, my whole pros list. I liked the way the series started with the narration aspect of it, with Galadriel telling the story. I think they did something that not a lot of shows or movies accomplish nowadays, which is do narration well. The Game of Thrones uh, prequel series tried to do it in their first episode, and I sort of <laughs> laughed at it because it wasn't very good. One of my pros was the 17 and a half minute intro in the first episode. Uh I thought that, yeah, it laid out the elements well. I thought that you got a good sense of who the characters were. And if you remember in Fellowship of the Ring, they also started off with a narration and a big battle, and they explained all the events and stuff. And so they're coming from a place where they had done it well beforehand, and so they really had to knock it out of the park here. And I think they defined Galadriel's character, who is clearly our main, main character in this series, Mm -hmm. as well as told us the story or made us invested into it as much as we could be in something that we hadn't really heard of. Like, even before The Hobbit came out, everybody knew what was going to be about this i don't think you could say the same thing oh no definitely not unless you were like a huge fan of the books and i don't even know how much they uh talk about them i don't think yeah i don't think that i think that this is completely separate from the books. yeah we haven't met any hobbits so yeah i don't think we're going to meet any hobbits (laughs) all right so now my cons this episode has predictable development for me revion's escape and then preceding death it Mm -hmm. feels like his character was just brought in there to be sort of a hero that we knew was going to die uh, then there was Pop Harfoot's foot not healing and that causing issues for their great move or whatever, the migration that they had to do. It felt like something you saw coming in the second episode. Mm-hmm. Meteor Man becoming the friendly Iron Giant slash Will Robinson robot, that like big helpful figure who's going to have superpowers and help the main character. That felt like it's been done before in yeah. the trope. Um, most of the interactions that happen at Numenar, um, they feel very much like a Thor Ragnarok thing again, yep. where it just is a repetitive story of this woman being stuck in a place where she needs to leave before she can accomplish the tasks that she set out to Absolutely. do and then Halbrand revealing that he's not just some guy like they couldn't have made that more clear from the introduction where he is the only one who survives and then he's like just always there and there's always something sneaky about him he's a pickpocket he's got like the sly mannerisms and then suddenly he's the king and yeah. it's that just felt very predictable and then this episode also felt like there were lots of table setting things happening but nothing of real consequence we had no real reason why Arondir couldn't have been brought directly to Adar mm-hmm. we waited until the entire episode was done before they even had their meeting and, they and didn't we didn't have the interaction yeah yeah so the real question though is like did we really need to see the him try to escape before we got to the part where he met the big evil mm-hmm. and then there was Galadriel going rogue to check out a library 
Like, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was like, had she just asked to see their library, they probably would have let her do so mm. to begin with. I know that she didn't know about the library at first, but, like, if that was your whole entire thing, she escapes the castle to go <laughs> to, to go a to library. library yeah. um, and then finding out that the sigil wasn't a sigil but a map, it was like, you've had however hundreds of years, right? Yeah, yeah. And she centuries. hasn't realized, like, her. how long has her brother been dead? Uh, yeah, like... Sauron yeah. killed him, like... A long time ago, and she's just now realizing that that could actually be a map. That's of of the um, of Middle Earth. Yeah, and then Hallbrand, who be before we even know he's king, all he wants in the world is to become a blacksmith. Yep, <laughs> that's what, that's the what he says. The dude is a king in a different world, and what he craves the most is to move to this new place, Numenor, and become a blacksmith. Yeah. it just seems a little like your expectations have been come been lowered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and then the Hartfords are starting their migration, and I didn't have really a problem with that plotline, except it really doesn't move. It just moves them, but it doesn't move the plot. You know. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Elendil's kids—they just felt like they were thrown in there. One's learning how to become a sea captain, and the other one got accepted to a specific program that she reapplied for. Yeah, it didn't Good seem for, that. They yeah, kind of just felt like we have to throw in as many people so that you know them later on, mm-hmm. you know? So again, a lot of table setting. And then just like last episode with the dwarves, there's this off-screen surprise where we don't actually get to see it, where like they were, the dwarves were looking at the box, and I think that they were looking at a ring, mm-hmm. but I don't know that. In this episode, uh, the queen was looking at her father or something and telling her about the or telling the father about the prophecy about how the elf has come and how that means bad things are about that. Very mm-hmm. ominous, but not actually revealing. And then one of my last cons is that the Havelina dog is one of the brief moments where the cgi kind of falls apart yeah when it first entered i was like that that is cgi like it's supposed to be scary Mm -hmm. and it is but it also looks like that cheap sort of cgi that you sometimes get if it hasn't been animated perfectly that will be very obvious in a few years when we have better stuff come along right and so like i get the the department just wasn't ready for that (laughs) maybe and then uh yeah i didn't like hall brand that much i think that they kind of tried to rush his development as a character and then make him too cool um and then you don't like trying to make him too cool like just with the fighting scene yeah so like they uh, they had him punch get punched in the face once and then he decides to like go on a rampage and just kill everybody yeah like he seemed like he was trying to tone it down like a hulk type character like you don't know what you're getting into but Mm -hmm. there was no reason for him to rage out that much i don't know uh and then unlike game of thrones where i had a real issue with the first episode the pre the prequel series i really enjoyed the rest of the like episode two and three i've yep. continued to watch and i really like where it's going and how it's centralized into one story and with this one i feel less invested because we're so divided i know it's simple like i'm understanding every storyline but it doesn't make me any clear like all i really care about is what's going to happen to that sword which we don't even <laughs> see in this episode, because that seems to be the real indicator of what the evil presence that they're looking for, the the evil orc army is looking for. So until we see that sword get in the hands of Sauron and there be some big battle that comes about because of it, then I don't think we're going to get the real, like, uh, it's it's all going to be a waiting game. Right. No, so those are I my agree. cons. Yeah, I agree with a lot of your cons. I know that some people were complaining that it was woke, as we kind of mentioned before, but I, I didn't really see that argument as much. I do feel like it's just a very long show. The third episode was the longest out of all three episodes. I feel like it's going at a snail's pace in some parts, and I really did try to, like, disconnect this from the films, but I think just the problem is, is that when you are taking something as big as J.R.R. Tolkien in Lord of the Rings, 
you like it's almost an impossible feat to kind of come up with the unique characters like you know you think of Gandalf, Bilbo, Baggins, Gollum you know them right off the bat when you say their names this had to be something to me that had to be like amazing like and I know that that is somewhat unfair but you are taking the Lord of the Rings names not only the books but like also the movies and the quality of that and so it's like like I said an impossible feat maybe a little unfair but to me the fact that this is kind of what we got in return which wasn't too bad like if this wasn't Lord of the Rings I maybe would have given this show a six or a seven because so you're like, rating this show yes, as a whole not this yeah, episode yes yes um I'd say probably a third episode was the best because it was more focused I disagree but okay yeah, but yeah but I still just feel like because because of that, I have to give this show, and I know it's going to be low, but a 4 out of 10. Because it's like, the fact that you are taking the Lord <laughs> of the Rings name to cash in on it, and then you give us this in return, which is like even a worse Wheel of Time type thing, I guess I can't let it go. So that's my rating for the overall show. Interesting. So I'll reiterate that I haven't seen the Hobbit series. I only, <laughs> I listened to the books as a kid, and then I watched the original trilogy. Yeah. But I never saw what the most recent development of that series says. But I, I thought that was for a benefit because i thought the hobbit series was supposed to be worse since they had less source material and they tried to draw it out more i actually really like the first hobbit film i even like the first hobbit film more than the third lord of the rings film which out of the original trilogy is probably my least favorite mm -hmm. um but yeah the fifth and the sixth film i didn't think were as good yeah that said like there's been so much distance between the time that i've actually watched the full original trilogy and also like listened to the books that i don't think i'm as affected by mm. like just trying to compare the two. And so for me, I think the series as a whole, because of everything that it's put together and the high expectations and everything that it's done, I think I would still give it an eight out of 10. Now, eight just 10. like with The Hobbit, I don't think I feel like I need to watch the rest of the show. However, this episode specifically kind of bored me a little bit more than the first two. So I'd have to give it a six out of 10. Mm, okay. Still passes, but barely. On so that you're going to watch the rest of the show? No, see, that's oh, what okay. I'm saying. It's like The Hobbit. Like I was sort of interested when that came out, but at the same time, I'm not enough to pull me to actually go see it in theaters. But at some point, you will probably maybe. go back to it. Okay. Yeah, maybe if I'm, I'm really bored and I hear that it gets really exceptional uh, reviews for the later part of it. I'm not as put off about it as you are. How, how did the reviews look for this last episode so, and for the show in, as a total? Yeah, for the show in general, it's it's kind of gotten, uh, what's the word, hate-bombed and in effect because of that, also love-bombed. So the IMDb scores, it, it even says this on I think Wikipedia. They froze it. Yeah, yeah, I read it, that they froze it's the It's like IMDb a lot stuff. of tens and, so a, and a lot of, of ones. Yeah, but yeah. outside IMDb, because that, again, Bezos owns the show. We know how he's connected to this. <laughs> and then also they had a countdown timer on Amazon before the show even premiered that yeah. I was watching because um, it was funny every time you go buy something. I'm like, what was Why is there four hours left? So the audience score uh, on Rotten Tomatoes is a 39 percent. Uh -huh. However, the critic score is an 84 percent. OK, so that's the, that's the kind of difference we're dealing with. Elon Musk came out and he said that he really didn't like the show. He was like, all these men are acting like assholes and then Neil Gaiman decided to clap back at him. <laughs> and so there was like a Twitter feud between those two, which is very strange. A Hollywood reporter was like, yeah, it's a promising start. In the second episode, the story starts to actually move. AV Club, I think, gave the first episode A-, minus, and then the second episode B+. Plus. I'm not so much sure about the third one. I would give the entire like show as a whole a B-, minus. even the title sequence. I didn't feel it was 
amazing. Yeah, it felt like they were trying. I know too much to be Game of Thrones. Yeah, too much. But but like it's the sand grains and also the music and it's just a lot to like. It's hard to make a title sequence yeah. that really changes the like back then. If you take back fifteen years, then that would have been the best title amazing. sequence in yeah. the in a world. Yeah, like, and outside of Dexter, that would be it. <laughs> but like it, now, it just seems like one of a million. And then the New York Times also said the Rings of Power. Uh, this is what they tell it: the Ring of Power review, shiny, not yet precious. They were saying that the spectacle <laughs> is good and that it has the potential and that's what a lot of reviews are saying it has the potential to be good it just is not there yet i will comment that the person that directed the third fourth and fifth episode wayne yip he directed utopia the british series doctor who salem preacher into the badlands happy doom patrol and hunters so he has stuff like under his Those belt are some good accolades yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's promising that's good <laughs> i can see what you mean anything else uh no that's about it all right well let's just leave it there because i mean this show is going to be talked about forever and so i just wanted to get a little review in here so that we could say that we did it thanks for listening we'll see you on the next episode bye bye